0: It's Thursday, December 14th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented by the St. John's River Water Management District. And now, a guy who believes, once upon a Sunday night cheery, we'll see the purple team get weary and banish them from Everbank's doors and hope the Ravens never score. J.P. Wow, Edgar Allen's got nothing on Joseph. Welcome in. It's Jaguars Happy Hour and this is Thursday. It's week 15. Big week, certainly for the Jaguars. A month left in the regular season and plenty to get to in the next two hours. First off on Jaguars Happy Hour, the Ravens Jaguars coming up, of course, Sunday night football for the Jaguars for the first time since 2008 on NBC. Battle of first place teams and communication has been the buzzword this week around the Miller Electric Center. Plenty to discuss there, of course, with head coach Doug Peterson. He'll be with us in studio at five o'clock on the Jaguars radio network for the Doug Peterson show. And Jaguars happy hour is brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District, Florida's water it's worth saving on 1010XL, 92.5 FM, Jaguars.com, Jaguars YouTube, JP Shadrick, and Jaguars analyst, Jeff Loggeman. Good afternoon, Logs.
1: Good afternoon, JP.
0: Great matchup this week, Ravens, Jaguars. The AFC playoff race is wide open, certainly, if the Jaguars can handle business this week. The number one seed, really, for a number of teams is back in play. Uh,
1: yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, up, yeah, I mean, they, yeah big I'm picture.
0: If they lose, if the Ravens lose, then the Dolphins are there. Then, of course, the Chiefs, if they get their act together, they can make a run at it. The Jaguars as well.
1: I like to keep it a little bit more simple. And <laughs> that, look, the Jaguars need to keep their distance, uh, the space that they've created right now in the AFC South. And they also need to get back to playing good football. Good football to where you're not making mistakes that hurt your chances of winning. Yeah,
0: pre-snap penalties, uh, missed assignments on defense. Communication
1: breakdowns. All that. I can hear Led Zeppelin. Yeah, pretty much. on that one. That's been the word
0: this week. Communication. Both sides of the ball. All three phases, really. Um, And they've just had a few lapses over the last couple weeks.
1: Well, they've they've had a few, but I think the concerning part is is that defensively you had three lapses that cost you three scores, and if you don't have that, you're looking at a completely different game. Offensively, you had four giveaways as an offense, and I believe that three of them were controllable. One of them, Parker Washington fumbling the ball. Look, that happens. Uh, Ball carriers are going to turn the ball over. I would have liked to have seen Parker surrender himself a little bit sooner once he realized that he wasn't going to go anywhere. But, uh, but I understand that it's in a young player's nature to try to get all the yards that's there, especially Parker Washington is a strong player and can fight through tackles at times. But uh, the other mistakes, uh, there's – I mean, you can pinpoint exactly why they shouldn't happen. And they've got to get that cleaned up, especially now that you're in the month of December. If you're going to give yourselves a chance, when I say give yourselves a chance, I'm not talking about a chance of winning the division. I'm talking about big picture stuff. Okay, I'm going to go to your big picture. Oh, you back to the – Big picture for the Jaguars. Yeah. If you're going to find a way to assert yourself once the playoffs start, you have to start building to that now, much like they did last year. They built on their way, and then they got to, they got to get on a roll. You've got to do the same thing here in the month of December, and the time is the time is starting to shrink.
0: And they're facing obviously a team this week that I mean they're, they're number good. one, number one seed for a reason. They're <laughs> really playing the good, best, man. consistent football in the AFC. They're
1: really good. And and what have how many games in a row have they won? Uh, I mean I've, yeah,
0: they're rolling right
1: now. Three in a row, and they've yeah. won. I think seven out of their last eight games, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, They've got a, a, a top offense, a number one rushing attack, I think, in the National Football League, but a top 10 offense overall. They've got the number two defense in yards allowed, number two defense in points scored. They've got a lot of good players on that side of the ball. And, oh, by the way, their number one rushing offense in the National Football League includes the yards of a quarterback who's the most mobile quarterback In the league, and not only does he stress the defense because he's a threat to run the ball every single time, but he's also a threat from the pocket more so, I think, than he's been in the past. And he's a threat once he gets out of the pocket because he creates these off schedule plays where he extends the play, buys time, and he's finding Odell Beckham Jr. and Zay Flowers, his wide receivers down the field and gaining big chunks, and that's something to be concerned about, and uh, you better be ready for him, I can tell you that. That's where this
0: uh, communication stuff comes into play again this week, and uh, yeah, run fits and everything that go into that type of uh, game with an extra body to account for on the offensive side, A a lot of these quarterbacks you know aren't running threats, Lamar certainly is, whether they design it or otherwise, but... You've got to just maintain where you are on defense, and if he gets out of the gate. he can score from anywhere on the field.
1: Well, and he lost he lost uh, arguably his his best weapon in Mark Andrews a couple weeks ago with the hip drop tackle against the Cincinnati Bengals. And that was a tough loss for him. But the Ravens have have really, I think, recovered nicely from that injury. Isaiah likely, the tight end that's taken some of the reps away from Mark. Or taking some of the reps of the loss of Mark Andrews has done a good job, but the the continued emergence of the wide receivers and their performance in that offense has been really good. Look, Todd Munkin, if you I don't, I, is there an offensive coordinator of the year award in the National Football I don't
0: League? No, maybe. I,
1: I mean, he, he, if if there were, I think he would be up for that. I mean, he's one of the coaches I think that's had a significant impact on his side of the ball with his team. And he came, obviously he was here for, I think, two or three years as a wide receivers coach. Four years. Four years. seven okay. to ten. And, How about that? Uh, and really enjoyed being around Todd. He was kind of a fun, uh, 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 no bones about it kind of coach, and went to the University of Georgia and helped them win back-to-back national titles there, and then leaves there and goes to the Baltimore Ravens and... I think this is as good as Lamar Jackson has looked from the pocket since 2019 when he won the league MVP. But when he won the league MVP, I mean, he was, he was doing a lot of that MVP stuff with his legs. Sure he was. Threw a lot of touchdowns, though, too, yeah. okay, that year. But he, I think he's maybe at his best from the pocket this year that he's been in, in his entire career, which is impressive. This
0: Jaguars' run defense overall this year is what they take pride in the most, and for the most part, they've been pretty good against the run. And It's not just Lamar. They can't hand it off. They've got a handful of backs to touch the football, and where does it begin for this Jags' run defense, and what's the state of affairs on the defensive line in front seven right now?
1: Well, with this Jaguars' defense, everything about their defense has to start with stopping the run, and... This goes back, JP, to what we talked about before they even played a regular season game. And I said at that time that this this defense is not talented enough to not be good against the run. In other words, they have to be amazing against the run to give themselves a chance at doing all the other good things as a defense. Rushing the passer, taking the ball away, being good against the pass, being good on third down. And as we've seen this year, when they haven't been great against the run, okay, let's look at the Cincinnati game. Let's look at the 49ers game. When they haven't been good against the run, they've given up a lot of yards in in the game. I think what the 49ers put up like 490 yards or mm-hmm. something. The Bengals put up 391. Sure. And do in large part because they weren't really good against the run like they usually are and so they've got to be good against the run this week against the number one rushing attack in the National Football League. If you don't, then it's going to be extremely hard because if Lamar Jackson is in 2nd and 4s and 2nd and 5s and 3rd and 2s and 3rd and 3s, his legs are going to be able to convert a lot of the first downs, and the play calling becomes very easy for Todd Munkin because he's a mobile quarterback. So you've got to do a good job – on the first and second down runs. And if you if you do that, I think you give yourselves a chance. If you don't, I think it's going to be tough.
0: When they do put it in the air, uh, Zay Flowers, rookie wide receiver, Odell Beckham Jr. is part of this team at uh, wide receiver as well. And how about the guys on the outside, especially with the Jaguars secondary, some names on the injury report this week.
1: Yeah, which is concerning. Uh, Cisco's on the injury report. Tyson Campbell remains on the injury report. Where is Trey Herndon? Gonna be at after missing uh, the last game with a head injury. Uh, I think those are all things that you got. You got to keep an eye on to see how that plays out. You know, Sunday night. Do you get a little extra time just because it's Sunday night? I mean, yeah, maybe. I what? mean, you get a few extra hours. Six hours. <laughs> you know, but uh, I don't. I don't know how much or if that's gonna be able to help. But most importantly, I don't care who plays. It's a matter of. This defense has got to get back to communicating. And if they don't, it's going to be costly. You know, you, you look at the one touchdown late in the ball game, the Bell, last week in Cleveland. And it's man coverage. And you just got to communicate between two guys to make sure that two guys aren't covering the same guy and then one guy's running free because that's exactly what happened mm-hmm. on the last touchdown. If you just communicate, then all of a sudden – then you take care of business, you know. The first touchdown to the tight end, Njoku. Joku, you know, does a, as an outside linebacker defensive end, you know, you've got to be able to pound the Joku because it's essentially you're playing like a goal line defense. And Trayvon ended up getting fooled into thinking that it was a run. And as a defensive end, a lot of people would say, "Well, why would we have Trayvon covering Joku?" Well. If he kicks his rear end at the line of scrimmage. not running down the field. Then he's not going anywhere. And, you know, that obviously was a a big mistake in that ball game. And then you had a communication breakdown when Najoku is crossing the field and he gets his second touchdown in the ball game. Communication issue between linebackers. And then you have, you know, the last one, which was the bell one. How does this happen in week 14?
0: I mean, you expect this kind of thing in like week three.
1: Well, look, it can happen all the time. And it's sometimes when you when you get into the season, especially you get late in the season, you can have a tendency to take things for granted. Okay, whereas early in the season you're like, okay, you know we're still communicating. Mm-hmm. But then you know, well, it's kind of become an old hat. We need to, read to really talk. Yes, I mean that's you know over communication. There's no such thing. It it doesn't exist. If you over communicate, it's It's a positive thing. It means you're communicating. I know that Doug Peterson mentioned earlier in the week about how he wants them to over-communicate in practice, and he's really stressing the coaches to make sure that they're hearing it so that the players are hearing it themselves. Uh, But, yes, it's something that's got to get cleaned up. And, and JP, every team deals with some of those issues late in the season. It's not something like it's just unique to the Jaguars. It's it's a constant battle and that you're trying to – to continue to not be comfortable, I think, is a good way to put it. Because if you get comfortable, then you kind of get a little bit, I don't want to say lazy, but you get used to, oh, well, yeah, we got it. Yeah, Well, no, you don't have it. You still got to make sure that you do have it and you do communicate this week because this week is different. got to keep that edge every week. Well, you really do. I mean, it's about keeping the edge, but it's also, look, especially in the back end for the Jaguars because you're having a lot of different guys playing Okay, I mean, from Antonio Johnson to Winger to Greg Jr., Monteric Brown, everybody's been playing with the injuries that you've had in the back end with this Jaguars defense, and you got to get it cleaned up.
0: All right, we've got plenty to get to. We'll come back in just a moment and take a look at the Jaguars offensive matchup this week against a really good Ravens defense. Imagine that, the Ravens with really good defense. It, like, happens all the time.
1: I don't know if they've ever had a bad defense. Right? I don't remember it. I mean, really, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, even going back to the early days of this franchise that's what they started with they had they had a couple really good defenders on that team
0: jags fans want customized jags furniture for your home check out zipchair.com and browse all customizable options ZipChair furniture for fans at 4 30 kai stevens in studio with us we're on tintin xl 92.5 fm jaguars.com jaguars youtube and it's jaguars happy hour brought to you by the st john's river water management district florida's water it's worth saving
1: We have not had wrong routes. It has not been this person doesn't know what they're doing, they're running the wrong route or things like that. You know, I think back to, we had three interceptions the other day in the game. Um, I think two of uh, one of them, uh, we didn't expect the ball at the time the ball came out. So our head went around. We ended up missed opportunity. Unfortunately, that turned into an interception. If the ball hits the ground, it's first down, second down, we'll keep playing the down or keep playing the series out. We had another one. We got a zero blitz. The ball's got to come out. You know, they're, they're bringing more pressure than we have protectors quarterback threw a go ball. Um, I think the receiver thought the ball was going to get thrown earlier because of where the coverage was. But again, understanding the entire situation, what the quarterback's dealing with, the ball comes out early, turned into an interception as well. And then we had another one where we took a post route a little flatter across the field uh, where we were expecting maybe a little deeper angle on that. So nobody ran the wrong route.
0: So Prince, Taylor, the Jaguars offensive coordinator, and welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District, Florida's water. It's worth saving. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. That was the offensive coordinator earlier today, the full press conference on jaguars.com. And yeah, uh, so no wrong routes. Uh, Guys are running the right routes. Just a little tick off or so.
1: Yeah, and I think it's still at the end of the day, it's still the same thing. You know, if if you if somebody runs the wrong route or somebody doesn't get their head around, what's the difference? Okay, it it's still the same result. Well, it's not like I guess
0: wrong route is hey, he was supposed to run a post and he ran an out
1: instead or something. Right, but if right? he's supposed to get his head around, then then that's you might as well run the wrong is, route. Okay, <laughs> all right. So semantics, I guess. Well, yeah. I mean, look. Uh, It needs to get fixed, and whatever it is that needs to be fixed, needs to be fixed. And if this offense can eliminate that, then I think that they've got a a chance, even without some of their key players. Uh, It looks like they may end up getting a little bit healthy along the offensive line this week. You know, trending in that direction at least, maybe. Um, uh, Another game without Christian Kirk, another game under the belt of Parker Washington. Another game of Trevor Lawrence not having Christian Kirk. Another game of Evan Ingram being outstanding. I mean, the last two games, he's been just fantastic. So, think about this.
0: And, you know, um, he's got 84 catches this year. He's the second most by a tight end in the league this year. Only Hawkinson has one more. The league record for tight end single-season catches is 116.
1: He could make that very it's easily. Not, it's
0: four games to go. I mean, he'd have to really kind of saddle up and do some big things. All right, well, let's,
1: let's do the math, okay? Let's, if he stays on pace, which would be a torrid pace like he has the last two weeks, he had another 40 catches. Well, let's see. 116 plus uh, – yeah, 16 says, so yeah,
0: 32
1: One, catches. 126. Yeah. 116. Is In two less, just two games. But, I mean, that's yeah. – he would blow it out of the water. Yeah. Okay, add 40 catches. No, if you he had 40 catches to it, he would be close to it. What's the tight? Do you say the tight in It's
0: It's 116. So okay, he'd, he'd blow it out of the water by 10. It'd be
1: 126 yeah. if he kept the same pace that he's had the two weeks. 32 away from tying the record, basically. And, uh, and look, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if he can keep up this pace. I mean, that's that would be a lot to ask. But I'll without Christian Kirk, it may end up happening. Yeah. That would I mean, be something. 20 that, catches for it, 177 yards and three touchdowns in two weeks. Yeah. Unreal. It's big. Uh, by the
0: way, 2018, Zach Ertz, Philly, has the record of 116 catches okay. in a season. All right. So, that's it's possible. And then now, of course, now the other thing is we're talking, uh, heard, hearing from Press Taylor about the routes and all the things. That's because Zay Jones and Calvin Ridley had 27 targets last week and only nine catches. That's not go good away.
1: enough. I mean, compare that to Evan Ingram, and he had 12 targets and 11 catches. I mean, look, I'm not expecting people to be into the 90th percentile in catch percentage. It just doesn't happen. I mean, most of your big-time wide receivers, if it's 50%, you feel pretty good about it as long as they're giving you big plays on that 50%. But I would like to see it much better than that. I mean, for Zay and and Calvin, it's got to be much better than that. It's
0: a work in progress on that. 1010XL, 92.5 FM, Jaguars.com, Jaguars YouTube. It's Jaguars Happy Hour coming up at 5 o'clock. It's the Doug Peterson Show. We'll hear from the Jaguars head coach. PRI Productions, the official event production company of the Jags, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIproductions.com. Well, this uh, Ravens defense is highly ranked, and uh, it's quite a matchup this week against this uh, Jaguars Offense, you mentioned the offensive line, the left side of it. We'll see what is in play there. But, I mean, they've got 49 sacks this year, and they really spread the wealth in those. There's not one huge, massive stat guy. No. I mean, they've got a bunch of dudes across the board playing football well.
1: Yeah, a lot of people getting sacks, including some of the Ravens' defensive backs. Yeah. And this is a defense, first of all, it's a really good defense, but do they have an, an elite player like a Miles Garrett or an Aaron Donald or a Nick Bosa? I would say no, but the numbers on one guy would tell you yes, and that's Justin Matabike, which is the defensive tackle for them who has 11 sacks, which is the most sacks by any defensive tackle in the National Football League, more than Chris Jones, more than Aaron Donald, which is impressive. Um, is he really a, one of those type of players? I think he's good. I think he's, he's a, a notch below those guys, though. But statistically, he's been on a roll. He's had 10 games in a row with at least a half a sack or better. And if he ends up having a half a sack or better this week, it would, would tie a National Football League record for 11 consecutive games with a half sack or better. And then if he goes on to have one more game, then he would be in sole possession of that record. So he's a good football player. But there's a lot of good football players that they have. Clowney was a nice acquisition for them. Yeah. And Clowney really was has had look, Clowney's never been known as this great pass rusher. He's always been a great disruptor, has always been the way I think to look at him. Two times in his career he's had nine sacks got seven and a half now so he could end up tying his career high when look the guy was on the street for anybody to take and nobody was willing to give him a contract for a while he came in here right yes for a visit and the Jaguars chose not to sign him another guy that was available that they picked up who's having arguably a career year is Kyle Vannoy longtime player of the uh, the Patriots where he gained uh, a lot of fame and he's been a really good football player for many years and he's on his way to having a career high in sacks. If he gets one more, that's a career high for him. his 10th year. Um, uh, Odafe Owe, the outside linebacker, young player, is a pretty good, solid player. The two linebackers are arguably the best in the league. Those guys can run around and come hit you too. Roquan Roquan Smith Smith and Patrick Queen. I mean, these two guys can fly. They have the best nickel-slash-safety in the National Football League in Kyle Hamilton. He is a stud. I'm talking... Flat out stud. If you were having a draft, okay, and we're going to draft safeties, okay, that have the ability to play nickel, he's number one. Can you name me another that you might think about? Why? What is this? What? Why is he that good? Because he he's a long safety that's an excellent blitzer. He's got great ball skills. He's an excellent tackler. And most safeties that are long can't play nickel because they don't have the short area quickness. Mm-hmm. He does, mm-hmm. which is which is rare. And I would say, just to throw this little side note in there, I think Antonio Johnson, our, the Jaguars' Antonio Johnson, yeah. has a skill set that's similar to Kyle Hamilton's. Six, Hamilton's 6'4", six
0: man. That is tall.
1: Well, what is Antonio Johnson? Man, he's 6'3", right? Yeah, yeah, he's 6'3", 195. And, and Hamilton, 6'4", 220. He's a little bit bigger. That's, but that length. Big. Safety. Yeah, that's a big dude right there now. <laughs> He's good now. He, I mean, he's really good. So, I mean, defensively, they've – I mean, if you want to talk – when I said they don't have any great players, Kyle Hamilton's a great player. Make no mistake about it. Matt Abike is a really good player. He hasn't – I wouldn't call him great because it's the first time that he – and I think his sack total in his entire career, he's almost surpassed that in one year. It's amazing. Right? Which is a contract year. Ka-ching, ka-ching. Aha, Imagine that. That happens to work out pretty good. And on the outside, Marlon Humphrey's been a good player at corner for a long time. On the other side, Brandon Stevens uh, is playing quite a bit. And Geno Stone's a safety for them that plays a ton because Kyle Hamilton ends up moving to the nickel, and then Geno Stone comes in and plays safety. And he is uh, second in the National Football League with six interceptions. So this defense is good, and they're physical.
0: And don't forget, when, whenever the Ravens are on the schedule, the special teams part of it. You know the field goal game is going to be there from wherever they need it to be with Tucker. He's uh, hit the longest field goal in league history in his past and obviously some big-time kicks in his career and, and a lot of them. And in the punt block game and all that stuff, it, under John Harbaugh, like that, that is a
1: priority. Yeah, well, Harbaugh was the former special teams coordinator. Now he's the head coach of the Ravens and, of course, been there forever. And there's not many – many head coaches in the National Football League that came from being a special teams coordinator. Chris Horton, who is the special teams coordinator now, the Ravens, will be getting interviews in this next hiring cycle. He will get an opportunity to interview for a head coaching job. Very well respected. I think he's been there for five years now. And in the five years that he's been there, they have performed at a high level on special teams. That They've been a top 10 special teams unit every year that he's been their special teams coordinator. So, if it comes down to special teams, look out. Look, the Ravens last week against the Rams in overtime ended up having a backup punt returner yes, end up did. taking it to the house in overtime and won the game for them.
0: It was a hell of a return, too. Great Spin return. move, tiptoed the sideline, uh, came out of a tackle and kept running. That was awesome. Well,
1: Devin DuVernay is their normal punt returner and is a Pro Bowl punt returner, I believe. Yeah. Uh, ended up getting uh, was injured, unavailable, and uh, and then this little use is it Tylan, Tylen? It's Tylen. Tylen Wallace, right? Yeah. Tylen. Uh, yeah. Wow, what a great play! And and Tylen Wallace is uh, he's one of these little guys, you know, little scat guys. Okay, and he did a great job in taking it all the way back.
0: We've got plenty to get to. Kai Stevens joins us after the break. Jaguars reporter will get her thoughts on the week ahead and Sunday night football. And, of course, the Jaguars and the Ravens coming up. The game presented by Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. And Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District. Florida's water, it's worth saving. lot of confidence downstairs I meaning the guys are excited for this week it's a, it's a you know two good football teams coming
2: together to top four right now in the AFC you know playing and obviously it's great for the NFL great for great for fans and and um, you know these are the
0: games again it goes back to what I expect our players to, to get used to right playing in, in moments like this and games like this Baltimore obviously has um, but the confidence is is high you know, and the confidence is great. I mean, again, it just—it just—we have to turn it internally and just focus on us and make sure we are doing everything that we can in our power to be to be prepared for these games.
2: But um, the confidence is uh, the confidence is there.
0: It's there, head coach Doug Peterson, earlier in the week, and welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, brought to you by the St. Johns River Water Management District, Florida's water. It's worth saving. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman. We're at the Hyundai Studios at the Miller Electric Center on 1010XL, 92.5 FM, Jaguars.com, Jaguars YouTube, the Ravens-Jaguars matchup presented by Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. We're under the lights. Sunday night football for the Jaguars for the first time since 2008. Kai Stevens joins us in studio now. And Good afternoon, Kai.
2: Good afternoon. I know Doug says we shouldn't get too excited, but I'm still getting going to get excited because I love primetime games. It means a little bit more when it's a night game, I think.
0: Yeah. I mean, we've been waiting all day for Sunday night. That's how
2: the song goes, There's right? There's a song about it, of
0: course. That's right. I mean, and the division leading teams, it's mid-December. I mean, Christmas is like, what, two weeks away? I'm bad at math. Yeah, that's yeah, about right. It's always the 25th, right? Yeah, it's about I'm yes. kidding. Uh, that's coming up. I mean, you know, all these division races, the playoff chase slugs, I mean, it's like... This is all you want. This is it. Well,
1: it's Sunday night football at home. I mean, does it get any better than that? I mean it's look, it's the national stage. It's an opportunity to to win, which you last opportunity you didn't do so good on. You know, so let's go. I mean beat the number one seed on national T V and show everybody that what you're, you're you're a team to contend with.
0: And, you know, that would also mean that they've probably communicated well. That's been the buzzword this week, Kai, and um, it's something that's popped up the last couple of weeks. Some some points in each of those losses where they've lost a little bit of track of that.
2: Yeah, and I think a lot of the miscommunication issues from what we've noticed, just with our own eyes, were on the defense previously maybe with the secondary um whatever's going on with the pass rush i know they've had a lot of injuries but last week it was the offense which obviously we knew they would struggle a little bit without christian kirk there because he does so much for this offense and he's so much in sync with trevor lawrence but just to demonstrably like you physically see them like putting their hands up and like they just look a little bit out of sorts and confused and i know everybody's kind of like listen like trevor didn't practice and of course there's a lot to do with that but you're like well it's week Fourteen, fifteen—like we would assume they'd be on the same page, but obviously there's a lot of different things that go into that. Um, and there's several different plays. I—I I would have to imagine that was a focus for them this week.
1: I, I think that's the one thing that was surprising to me in this ball game. You know, when you got a hurt quarterback, mm-hmm. most of the time you get this—this this raised awareness around him on that side of the ball. Look, we—we got to be really good. Like the New Orleans game. Let's help our guy out, right? Yeah. You know, you got to make sure he stays protected. He's been beat up a little bit, and the protection in the New Orleans game—if we go back and talk about that game—was fantastic. How was the protection in this game? Not yeah, so he good. Got hit twelve times, right? Uh, yeah. I, I want to say it was a record number of pressures on the year, like twenty-six pressures. He, twenty-six times he was pressured in this oh, ball game, oh boy. And and the wide receivers—the miscommunication, not on the same page, whatever you want to call it. But the fact of the matter is is that those around Trevor did not elevate their level of play, which was disappointing to me because that's what I expected the most. Because, look, when your guy is down a little bit, let's everybody pick it up, okay? We're going to pick it up because we know he may not be able to do something that he normally does. And it didn't happen.
2: We did see a couple of flashes, though. Obviously, Evan Ingram's been playing amazing the last two games, which if without him, I don't even know, want to think about where they would be right now on offense. And then I've really been impressed with Parker Washington. I know he had that fumble, but he's really smart, and I feel like – the little tiny bit of the playbook he knows he is good at and as that grows and as he you know takes all these reps with the first team on offense where he was really mainly special teams before this i i have to imagine he'll get better he's got two touchdowns so far but i've been impressed with how quickly he's been picking things up
0: yeah i think you probably have to kind of temper expectations a little bit he's not going to be christian kirk they're oh, different no. they're different style guys same idea but christian's been at this for so long that it's just going to be a different output when he's out there so Maybe temper your expectations a little bit, he right? Some,
2: he has an interesting skill set, though, because I think he's a little more physical than Christian is. So, like, he can kind of fight for a ball when yeah. they when it goes for a jump ball, which is not you don't always see that as a, in a slot receiver. So, I think that's kind of interesting too. Well,
1: he's built like a running back. Exactly. I mean, he's uh, he's pretty thick, um, and yes, definitely the physical part is is great great point because the physical aspect that he has is much better, I think, at a higher level than what Christian was at, but there's something that Christian had that Parker Washington doesn't have and that's the the elite speed to go deep. Mm-hmm. You know not only was is Christian a, a an excellent short area quickness guy, but Christian if he's in man, he can run by some people. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Parker Washington can do that, but he's got some quicks, he's got power and I like his game and I think he's a he's an excellent acquisition for you know, being a six-round draft pick, because not very often you have a six-round draft pick that you go, yeah, that's pretty good, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, we saw in the in the Thursday night game the Christian Kirk short catch and then outrunning everybody. Bye-bye. Like the, yep. like the fastest speed for any receiver this year or something for the Jags. That was – we missed that. <laughs> we, need a little that. Bit. <laughs> we need some of that. Need some of that. Kai Stevens in studio with us. If you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, look no further than Ford F-150. Loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between. This truck makes tough look easy. Your local Ford dealer, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on 1010XL, 92.5 FM, Jaguars.com, Jaguars YouTube, JP Shadrick, Jeff Loggeman, Kai Stevens, and uh, Lamar Jackson coming in, uh, former MVP and uh, he's the leading rusher for the Ravens. He's about to surpass 3,000 passing yards for the year. And, uh, yeah, you know what you're getting when Lamar comes to town.
2: I think that's the scary thing, right? We always knew he was a running threat, but now he's comfortable sitting in the pocket, and he has wide receivers that he's trusting in, and that can be very problematic for defenses trying to deal with that because you can't bite on everything because he will run by you, and then it's 70 yards down or however yeah. far he wants to run. Um, so, obviously, to under, I don't even, I can't say it in a way that's big enough. It is a very big challenge for them. So I'm curious what the game plan will be.
0: And logs, then he's got the the flick of the wrist. He can yeah. he can throw it down the field. It's not like he, I mean, he's got a really nice arm.
1: Yeah, he's got a nice arm. Is that as accurate as some of the elite passers uh, that we've seen in the league? know but he's getting better, and that's the impressive thing. What impresses me the most though is is the ability to run and extend plays and and. The in way the way that he can protect himself without getting hit running the ball, and it, it reminds me. And I've never been a big video game player, but
2: <laughs> really, <laughs> I, I heard you liked pinball.
1: <laughs> I like pinball, okay, but not the video games. But he reminds me because I got a couple friends that used to tell me that they would play Madden, and then they would create these super players, yeah. and somehow they crack the code on video games of some kind. They cracked the code and create these players that had. Yeah. Great, you know, yeah, they'd up the category in speed, quickness, smarts, all that kind of stuff. And that's what Lamar is. It's like he, he just he's at a different level when you watch him on the field and how that he can evade people and not get hit, okay, and still keep his eyes down the field and still make a throw at 30 yards with the flick of a wrist. And you go, how does he do that? You know, but he does it. And that's the part that you get scared about with him is because – he has that ability to where any play, he can make you pay at any moment. And in two different ways, with his legs and with his arms. I had uh, Logs pegged
0: as like a PS5 Madden player, like uh, in the tournaments and everything, Kai. I'm you know wrong. what I did I play? was wrong.
1: On that. I used to play, the only time I ever played video games, this was back when I played EA Sports, NHL Hockey. Okay. Oh, it's great game. Back in oh, the like early Sega 90s. Sega Genesis? Oh, early the 90s, yeah. And I used to play with uh, the equipment guys with the New York Jets. There you go. <laughs> yeah, my team was Chicago, Chelios and Jeremy Ronan. Oh,
0: okay. The 93 the one, I think, had Yeramir Yager on the cover. I had that one Did on you? Sega Genesis. Right. A great game, Kai. Great game.
2: I'm an NBA GM girl myself. It was a
0: other, another great game. Right. And An arcade game was even better than the video But if game. I
1: could, you know, pinball is my
0: thing. I'm a big pinball guy. I like pinball. Uh, tonight you heard it here first hey there's uh, arcade games and things at string sports brewery and tonight who are the guests for all access who you Our got
2: specialists are with us um logan cook and ross mattisick are going to join us the long snapper and the punter and i am thrilled about this there's some of my favorite people on the team um and they've been involved in some non-special teams plays this year that you know ross forcing a fumble recovering logan with the you know with a fourth down yeah, the pass. throw there, right. um, the fake. So, th- th- they're a good time. It'll be a good. It'll be a good show um, for sure.
0: Logan Cook tied for six in the league in net punting average. Um, another fantastic season for him. He's got so many different types of punts in his arsenal.
2: That's so cool. though. Yeah, he right? does,
1: and his secret weapon is the lefty throw.
0: Yeah, a left-handed
2: well, thrower. He, is he left-handed in real well, life? Yeah. How? Real life. Yeah, you so go back to when he writes, punt, he's left-handed, you know, yeah, right? And he, yeah.
1: Who in the world throws left-handed and punts right-footed?
0: Well, I think there's, a, there's some baseball people that do that, right? Like throw left and bat right? I mean, you can do that. Yeah,
2: but normally the right is like the predominant one, right? So right. you're saying you to kick, right. which is your main job, you would use what you would assume was your main foot. So if he's left-handed, you would think he would kick with his left foot.
1: Hmm. I mean, you know what we should do? The commercial break. Let's go outside. We'll try to punt left. you right-handed, JP? I am right-handed. Kai, yes. right, right-handed? right Yes. Okay, let's go out there and try
2: to punt left-footed. No, I'm going to pull something. I don't think that's a There's
0: good There's a, a punter for the Tennessee Volunteers who is ambidextrous. He can kick with both legs. He's amphibious. He's or that.
2: <laughs> both? Can you imagine that? Well, does, Do you wear special shoes on each foot, or are they both <laughs> the same? Because like, you try to throw them off.
0: That's <laughs> a good point, right?
1: You use your kicking shoe on the right foot or the left Well, foot? you wear two kicking shoes. You, right. yep, you wear them both. You wear a go. pair of He's ready shoes. to kick. I don't know how people can do that. That's very, very odd there. But the, some people are ambidextrous and can do that. I, I remember – I think I've told you this story before, but we had a tight end uh, that I played with in New York, and he was a first-round pick, Johnny Mitchell. And Johnny uh, would take a football and throw it. He actually played here for a year. Would throw the ball sixty-five yards right-handed, and you toss him another ball, and he'd throw that one left-handed sixty-five yards. (laughs) Who does that? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and and he could catch the ball one-handed with his right hand, one-handed with his left hand. It was just like, wow, the amount of talent that this guy had uh, was amazing. Didn't uh, didn't live up to the first-round pick expectations, but. He could throw the ball left and right-handed for a long way.
2: He's fun at parties, I bet.
1: I yeah. uh, he is. Uh, it'll be a party tonight at String Sports
0: Brewery. And the specialists are there, Logan Cook, Ross Matasik. 7 o'clock, right?
2: Yes. Come see us.
0: Fox 30, right?
2: Yes. Yes.
0: yes. Fox 30. That yes. was an easy setup. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we'll see you there, Kai. Thanks. Bye, guys. Kai Stevens joining us in studio. Plenty ahead. We'll take a look at the injury report when we return. Then at 5 o'clock, the Doug Peterson Show with... You guessed it, head coach Doug Peterson and NBC sports analyst Devin McCourty joining us as well. This is Jaguars Happy Hour brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District. Florida's water, it's worth saving.
1: The tape is usually never as good or as bad as you think. So um, you watch it and it is what it is. There's corrections. Obviously, there's things that we did in the game that are uncharacteristic and, and, and mistakes, you know, all the way around that we can't make, but it is what it is and you got to correct them and move on. And same thing, when you feel like you played great, there's usually stuff on the tape where you're like, eh, maybe I didn't play as good as I thought I did. I left a lot out there. So, you know, good or bad, you, you got to assess it and you got to look at it for what it is and you got to make the adjustments and corrections moving forward. And uh, we had a great start to the day today and got practice obviously here in a little bit and it'd be important to be sharp and just communicate and all those things, which we've already kind of, you know, fixed a lot of the issues so i feel really good about it
0: that is the quarterback trevor lawrence from wednesday and welcome back it is jaguars happy hour brought to you by the st john's river water management district florida's water it's worth saving jp shadrick jeff lagerman our thanks to kai stevens we're on tension xl 92.5 fm jaguars.com jaguars youtube and uh, plenty to get to at the five o'clock Uh, show. It's the Doug Peterson show. Jaguars head coach will be with us in studio at five o'clock and we'll get his thoughts on the week that was and the week ahead and the week of practice so far and how the Jaguars will try to bounce back. Uh, By the way, another uh, light show is scheduled before the game. If you're coming to the game, which if you aren't, I don't know why you're not. You should. It's Sunday night football. Should be a fantastic crowd. Um, It will be a teal light show this week. Before the game. So when you enter the stadium, everybody will have an educational flash card in the cup holder of their seat. So you'll need to synchronize your device for the light show, and you'll attach a teal tab from that card to your mobile device's flashlight. Um, There's a QR code you can scan. There's all this stuff that can help you sync your phone. You should be in your seat by 7.50. It's an 8.20 kick.
1: And it is a teal out. Teal out, teal light show, all teal all day. So wear your teal. Folks, if you're coming to the game, players are going to be wearing teal. I I would think so. JP's going to be wearing teal. I,
0: I have a few teal shirts to choose from.
1: I will be wearing my teal shirt as well. Yeah. I might wear the one with the white stripes on it. I, I don't like that have one. teal pants.
0: I don't think I'm going to ever get teal pants. And I'm okay with it. I don't know, man. Some
1: guys look pretty good in teal now. I'm sure teal they pants do. Like Johnny. Old Johnny looks good in teal <laughs> pants. <laughs> sure
0: they do. Uh, time for the injury report presented by Baptist Health and the Jacksonville Orthopedic Institute, the official sports medicine provider of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Just not this guy. This, this guy doesn't look good in the teal, uh, in the pants at least. I'll take the shirt. I'll wear the shirt.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You don't need the pants. Yeah. yeah you don't need I'm good on to that. attract attention to your uh, legs. I'm good there. on that.
0: Um, the injury report. It's out on the uh, Jaguars X account right now for today. Jamal Agnew. Wide receiver, shoulder injury limited again today. His window opened earlier this week, and it could be trending the right way. That'd be a nice bonus to have Agnew back out there returning kicks. I I think
1: it would be a a boost to the special teams, and it would give you comfort, I think, as, as a coaching staff to have the dependable Jamal Agnew back there fielding the kicks. You're always getting nervous about having a young player back there fielding a punt at a critical moment when you get traffic around him or something of that nature or making uh, a wrong decision. Uh, But also having him on offense to be another weapon since Christian Kirk has been out. I mean, I think it would help. And it would also help from the standpoint of you can hand him the ball a couple times on speed reverses or things of that nature to be able to keep a defense honest because Jamal's got, you know, returnability and he's also got the ability to make things happen with the ball in his hand as a runner in certain circumstances. You know, he's not a tailback by any means.
0: CJ Bethard left shoulder issue full again today. Christian Braswell cornerback, his window open off a hamstring injury limited today. Uh, The updates today, Tyson Campbell with a quadriceps injury is limited today. He didn't practice yesterday. Andre Sisco with a groin injury, limited today. He was out yesterday, so that's good news. Uh, Offensive line, Ezra Cleveland, limited off the knee injury. Travis Etienne Jr., ribs injury, limited today. Trey Herndon, concussion, limited. Dearness Johnson, running back, knee injury, limited. Wide receiver Jay Jones, limited with a knee injury. Trevor Lawrence, full go with the ankle. Walker Little, the left tackle, with a hamstring injury, limited, and Brenton Strange with a foot injury, limited. So let's see about the offensive line: Little and Ezra Cleveland, obviously there, and then Brenton Strange. Could he be back in the fold this week? We'll see.
1: It's, uh, that's a typical list at this time of the year, <laughs> right? right? It, it's pretty long, and, and you know the reality is you could probably put you know 35 guys on that list if you really wanted to. You know, from um, guys that are getting treatment. At this time of year, virtually everybody's getting treatment for something. Nobody is just saying after practicing, yep, yep, good. I don't need an ice bag. You know, no problem. I'm going to go in and lift weights for an hour. <laughs> you know, I mean, most guys go in and lift weights for an hour. Then after that, they go to the equipment ro- or the training room to get ice to address something on their body. Never it's, ends. It's just, you know, that's just a way of life. You know, it's the way it is.
0: This you know? is the business we've chosen.
1: Uh, and, uh, and, and I will say that today's ice machines, I mean back in the day we literally we would use plastic bags with had an ice machine. and now they they still have all of that. I was going say what, what,
0: great. how can you reinvent ice? I mean, it's ice.
1: Well, they, they have these things. I, I mean if you remember like last week, Trevor with the high ankle sprain, he took this machine home and slept in it at night. and it's called a game ready machine. These game-ready machines, and I've used them before, are amazing. They have— uh, imagine a custom-made, and not to each player, but custom-made to the to the body part. For yeah. example, let's say you needed to ice your shoulder. Okay, you can actually make one. It literally is velcroed for the shoulder that mm-hmm. covers the entirety of the shoulder. They have custom ones if quarterbacks ice in the shoulder and the arm everything if you wanted to get one you can get one custom made and what they do they attach to a body part with velcro and then a hose hooks up to them and then the, the machine itself is probably about the size of a small toolbox okay let's say 12 inches by 12 inches by a couple feet long or a foot and a half long mm-hmm. and inside of it is ice and water and then it pumps this ice water you set the temperature range, you, it pumps it through this uh, thing that's on your shoulder that's fitting tight with the Velcro, and it also inflates to give you the compression. compression. Huh. You know, the old uh, rice, rest, ice, compression, elevation. Well, you're getting the, the ice and the compression with this one machine, and it pumps it through. And uh, like Trevor, Trevor slept with that machine to where it would turn on and then turn off, and then turn on, and then turn off throughout the night, which I'm sure Does helped make dramatically. Noise? what is this? It's a very or... quiet, quiet hum. It's kind of like a white noise, so it's not something that would bother you or keep you up while you were yeah. trying to sleep. Um, but, yeah, I mean, these machines that they're using nowadays are, are incredible. How about that? Hey, coming up uh, in just a few moments, the Doug Peterson Show.
0: The head coach will be in the studio with us. What do you want to find out from Doug today?
1: Well, I mean, I think the first question you got to ask is, you know, how do you how do you fix some of those mistakes, miscommunications that you've been having as a team, as a coaching staff? How do you go about doing that? And that's obviously the number one topic from last week going into this week. And then also, um, how do you contend with a Lamar Jackson-led Ravens? That's not an easy answer.
0: It's a great question, and, you know, not only the communication, but... How do you fare if everything is communicated well against this Ravens defense? I mean, this is a group that, that ranks highly as well.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good football team. It's, uh, I think it's at the top of the AFC for a reason. And I've got a lot of respect for John Harbaugh. I think he's a fine coach. I mean, you're talking about a coach that's been in Baltimore for a long time. Baltimore has been, I think, one of the model franchises in the National Football League. You go to from John Harbaugh, who's been there for, what, 16 years now? It's that long? Wow. It's his 16th year. Wow. Their general manager that they currently have, general manager slash executive vice president, Eric DaCosta, he's been with the organization for 28 years. In 28 years, he's worked with Ozzie Newsom, who was the previous general manager before DaCosta ended up took over, taking over. And what's impressive is that, Eric DaCosta, he got promoted to the general manager seat, but Ozzie Newsom is still there. So DaCosta and Ozzie Newsom, the team of those two guys have been with that organization for 28 years, which is amazing to have that kind of longevity at that position. And then for a head coach to be in year 16 is also amazing. It's uh it really is a, a model franchise in the National Football
0: League. I think about all the changes this franchise has gone through in the last... Through those s- years, yeah. yeah. I mean,
1: it's it's incredible. And, and kudos to the Ravens. They've won two Super Bowls in that time. One with Brian Billick, who was there, what, in two... I think that Super Bowl was 2000 Yeah, that was the great defense, yeah. Uh, and that defense yeah. was really good. Yeah. And then uh, Harbaugh led them to a Super Bowl in 2012, I believe. Mm-hmm. When the lights went out in the Superdome. Yeah, the Brother and Bowl. They rallied to win brother bowl
0: hey coming up next the doug peterson show we'll hear from the head coach and devin McCourty of nbc sports with us as well that'll do it for our first hour on jaguars happy hour thanks to kai stevens for joining us in studio for jeff lagaman i'm jp shadrick this has been jaguars happy hour